Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, wonderful podcast family. What a privilege to be with you again today. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing fantastic, magnificent, amazing. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We have Jonathan Levy on, and we are talking about the art of super learning, the only skill that matters. Uh, Jonathan has an absolutely phenomenal podcast called the Superhuman Podcast. Check it out. And he also has the Superhuman Academy. He has created so many amazing courses. He's one of the top performing instructors on uh, Udemy and is just an all-around absolutely outstanding individual. And we cover a lot of material in this episode. So we talk about Jonathan struggling through school with ADHD, um, understanding memory, using visual cues to learn, uh, why learning has to be fun, top brain hacks, fun quizzes and challenges, uh, brute force learning, um, getting a little bit better each day finding compassion for yourself, biohacking, morning principles, um, and so much more. It is just really packed with really practical information around learning, mindset, and uh, and everything in between. So I know you're going to love this episode. If you do enjoy it, please do me a favor and share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Tag me and Jonathan in your story. Let me know where you're listening. Uh, tag me at Matt Belair. Love to see where you guys are in the world, and it, and it means a lot, and it helps a lot. You can also leave a review in iTunes. Those are pure gold, so if you haven't done that yet, please leave a review in iTunes. And the most important thing that that you can do is one kind act today. Uh, the best way to support the show is do one kind act for another human uh, today. Um, oh, also you can support on Patreon if you wish. Thank you so much to my patrons. It means a lot. It helps tremendously. Trust me. Go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Even tossing a buck in the bucket helps so much. So I want to thank today's sponsor, Ned Full, Stre- Full Spectrum Hemp. They're amazing. They were episode 270. 72 with the podcast. We're talking about exploring the power of CBD. So check that out. These guys are amazing. They're doing business right. There are so many studies coming out about the power of hemp. And if you want a fully transparent uh, place that does small curated handpick batches who they went out of their way to find the right farmer. It's really premium hemp products. They really are amazing and they're about um, supporting independent farmers, communities, the environment, and they really are doing business the right way. They're amazing guys. You can check out the um, episode with them, uh, Adrian and Rhett. Uh, you can see it for yourself and um, you know do your own research. But if you go to helloned.com and use the checkout code CBDPOWER, you will get 15% off your your first purchase and say hello to the boys for me. So that wraps that up. For those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you want to uncover and explore what your life purpose may be, more meaning, uh, more inspiration in your life, if you're looking through to break through limiting beliefs and program and design 
your preferred reality in all areas of your life and you want to demystify peak performance, all things mystical and learn the tools that work, hit me up, Matt at Zen athlete.com i would love to work with you no matter what you're doing i've had some clients write books start podcasts um really transform their lives really quickly and easily because it really there is a process to this and it, and it starts with asking high quality questions doing the work and having support and and those three things there um is really all you need um but the better quality question you ask ask the right resources help and you can kind of go on the straight line you can do it yourself and you'll definitely get there um, but uh, after reading so many books and doing so many courses and so many interviews you know I've learned some techniques that help and can just support your process to do it a little bit quicker a little bit easier and a little bit uh, with a little bit less pain and if you have an organization a group you want to do some training you want to zoom me into a conference you anything like that around mindset leadership peak performance same thing matt at zenathlete.com Happy to be Zoomed in, learn about you and your company and support you guys how I can. So that wraps us up. Uh, Let's get into this amazing episode. But before we do, let's come to a state of peace and coherence through our breathing. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, inspiration, energy, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Jonathan Levy. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur, published author, and keynote speaker, born and raised in Silicon Valley. Since 2014, he has been one of the top performing instructors on online learning platform Udemy and has snowballed this success into the launch of his rapidly growing information products company, Superhuman Enterprises, which produces such products as the award-winning Superhuman Academy podcast, the best-selling Become a Super Learner, and numerous other online courses through its own online training portals, Superhuman Academy and Branding You Academy. His media products have been enjoyed by over 250,000 people in 205 countries and territories. His latest book, The Only Skill That Matters, was published by Lion Crest in 2019 and details his own journey and the techniques that anyone can use to learn faster. Welcome to the show, Jonathan Levy. Thank you so much, Matthew. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. I'm stoked to have you on the show. When we were introduced, I think it was... uh, Oh, shoot, who, who, uh, Steve Glaveski, I think it was, um, yeah. who also has a, an epic podcast. And then I looked at your portal and I was like, oh my God, you have so many episodes and doing a podcast. I know how much effort that is. And you have so many online yeah. courses. So you've been putting in work for a while, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. It is my pleasure. I will say I have a really, really good team uh, beside me that that makes all that possible because if I wouldn't get out a single podcast episode without my team. <laughs> yeah, man. So why don't you why don't you give us a little bit of background on like who you are um, and how this how this um, came about? Because two hundred fifty thousand programs uh, is is amazing. You have a book coming out. It's not out quite yet, right? So if you're listening to this on YouTube, it's going to be dropping soon. But if you're on the podcast, it's going to be now so you can go check it out. So why don't you just give us a little bit about your background, your story and your journey? Yeah. So uh, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur growing up. I, I had a really happy childhood uh, until I got to adolescence and, and suddenly the 
antics and inability to sit still and inability to keep up with the class was no longer acute. Now it was a real problem. Um, I'd been tested for ADD and learning disabilities when I was younger. And, you know, I managed to get through till like eighth grade and then all of a sudden things weren't working anymore. So I had to be medicated just to go through high school, make it through college. Um, and I really didn't think that I was particularly good at anything until I discovered entrepreneurship. Uh, at the age of 12, I started my first business that actually made money. I'd started a bunch of little businesses on the side that never made any money, you know, when I was 10 years old and things like that. Uh, and then by the age of 16, I started a business that started to take off. Um, and that really helped me discover that I actually could be good at things and I just wasn't good at academia and I potentially wasn't very good at learning either. Um, made it through college, heavily medicated. I mean, my strategy for getting through school was I can't pay attention in class like everyone else. So I'll just go home, take a bunch of medication, catch up to all the things that everyone else seemed to understand in the room. Uh, of course, I forgot everything. You know, no amount of medication makes you actually remember this stuff. So I forgot everything the minute I left the room. In college, I even, I just stopped going to lectures. Or if I had to go, if they actually took attendance, I just bring my laptop and answer emails and go on social media because I was literally getting nothing out of it. I needed to be able to learn at my own pace. Um, went on to sell my business and got accepted to a, a top tier MBA program, which was going to be two years of content in 10 months. And I kind of knew that my old strategy wasn't going to work because in, in addition to that, I needed to travel with all the people that I was paying so much money to learn and network and go to all kinds of events. And, you know, an MBA is, is also very much about the, the social aspect. So I was really lucky at that time. I got introduced to two experts in accelerated learning uh, completely randomly and hired them as coaches to teach me speed reading, memory, all these different strategies of how to learn and how to better use my mind. And it literally blew my mind, Matthew. Like the things that I could do, I, I didn't think were possible before. And I'd never heard of things like the memory games or all these world championships that you see going on or, or world records that are being broken every day. I was like so green and so new. And this idea that just by using my brain a little bit differently, I could 10x what I was able to achieve. I could triple my reading speed. I mean, it, it blew my mind. So I went on to business school. The skills really, really impacted me. And people kept asking, you know, how did you do that? Or how do you remember that? Or why did you leave the exam room 30 minutes early? Those kinds of things. And so after business school, I was looking for the right thing to do. And I figured I'll do a side hustle and I'll build this online course, which will tide me over and pay my bills until I find the next big startup idea. Uh, what I did though was really interesting. I didn't know anything about online courses, podcasting, writing books, marketing, video recording, video editing. I knew nothing. I'd never written any educational anything. I didn't know how to build curriculums. So I, uh, I learned. I mean, I did what I'd been trained to do by these two tutors and I, I not only learned how to do that, but I learned how to learn. I took what they taught me and I built on it. And I went deeper and I said, well, what else is out there that they didn't teach me? What else is out there that they didn't know about? And just went really deep into how the brain works and why I had always struggled so much to learn when I clearly was at least a somewhat bright kid. I, you know, I was able to succeed in business, just not in learning and academia. Um, and then I studied everything that I could about building online courses and it just blew up. Uh, within the first month, we 
doubled what I thought the course was going to do. And then it just skyrocketed and it went on and on and on and snowballed. And eventually I realized that this was the next big opportunity for me. And it had all the criteria that I wanted. Uh, unlike my last business, it, it positively impacted people's lives. Unlike my last business, I could do it from anywhere in the world. Unlike my last business, I enjoyed and was challenged and, and was satisfied with the amount of learning that I was doing. So uh, it took me about a year and a half and then I realized I should do another course. And then after that, I should do another book. And then maybe I should do a podcast. And it just snowballed. And today we have dozen plus courses. We produce courses for top thought leaders as well. We have a membership platform where people can check out all of our courses. It's kind of like the Netflix of life hacking, if you will. And uh, yeah, three and a half million podcast downloads later, uh, we're still still trying to find ways to help people uh, be their best selves and live, live their best lives. That's amazing, man. That's so awesome. And I didn't realize your uh, struggle as a kid. And that's so common. Um, I, think, I think we're trying to over-medicate our kids. This is kind of like a side note, but do you feel like you needed medication or do you feel like it was more the institution and what you were learning? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, look, um, medication won't make you smarter. All the medication will do is make it easy for you to focus and pay attention. So there's a couple issues here. One, from an evolutionary perspective, we as humans, and especially kids at the age of 12, are not supposed to be sitting around in a chair for eight hours a day. It's just, we're not built to do it. So there's kind of the hardware issue where it's really hard to sit around uh, and, and pay attention for that extended period of time. And the research is really clear on this. We can't pay attention for that many hours a day. You get three to four hours max of flow every day. Even adults, like uh, make an adult go sit down right. for eight hours. You know what I mean? Like a kid wants to go outside. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. So that's a big part of it. The other part is learning the way it's done in school is about as boring as it can get. Like I can count on one hand the number of experiences and learning experiences throughout my entire academic career, including my master's degree, which were engaging, hands-on, tactile learning. You know, one is we all probably dissected either a bullfrog or a pig fetus. I remember that. <laughs> we did, you know, simulation team building exercise in business school where we had to drop an egg from the roof. I've actually done that twice in my academic career. I remember that. I remember what I learned in fifth grade the first time I did it and I applied it in business school. You know, but what else throughout my career, like when, when we learned history, did we engage with it in such a way? Did we act it out? I remember a couple you know, mock trials, but there isn't so much experiential learning and, and that's a big part of the problem. It's really boring. So I had to be medicated to sit through it. Yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely a good uh, segue because you've designed a lot of these courses. And so what I'm curious about, right. you've, had, you've had amazing guests on your show. You've produced a ton of content. You've written a few books, new book that you said you're really proud of, which congratulations yeah. because it is a lot of work yeah. to write a book. So good for you. Oh so let's God. get into some of these like techniques, like of all these podcasts you're looking at, like what are some of the main ones that somebody can take right now of like if they're learning to learn or maybe talk a little bit about your book, whatever kind of um, direction you're most excited about. Yeah, well, I always like to tell people, you know, you'd be surprised at just, and we can get into hardcore tactics as well, but you'd be surprised at just how 
thinking about learning. It's kind of like positive psychology. Just by gratitude journaling, you're going to be a happier person. Just by thinking about learning in a couple of different ways, you can actually be a more effective learner. And these are quick tips to implement for people. First one is, it's become very vogue to do a couple different things. This, this one's changing, the first one. Walking around saying like, oh, I only got six hours of sleep and wearing it as a badge of honor. Not, not cool. First off, it's really bad for your brain, but also it's, it's becoming not cool. But people still love to say, oh, I have the worst memory. Now, that self-talk is, is creating a situation. I call it the memory Pygmalion effect or the memory golem effect. If you believe you have an incredible memory and you believe that you'll be able to remember things, you will. How did I discover this? We do buyer surveys throughout all of our courses at every single step. And in week one, really all I'm doing is giving you foundational stuff. I'm having you set goals. I'm, I'm you know, testing your memory so you have a baseline. I'm explaining a little bit of how the brain works so you have a foundation. Um, because we know that adults need proper preparation for learning and they need to know why they're learning and how they're going to apply their learning. So I weave all this learning theory into my programs. But in the buyer surveys, we start seeing people go, I can't believe my memory is already better. Now, we went in and we're like, okay, they haven't seen this lecture where they're going to learn the actual technique and they haven't seen that. It's like, why? And the only answer we could come up with is people go, I'm in a memory course, my memory is already getting better. And just that mindset, you know, if you walk around and, and I can't tell you how many people introduce themselves, I say, hi, I'm Jonathan. Oh, I'm, I'm Mark, but I won't remember. Why say that? So that's the first one is your memory is less than a third determined by the wetware, right? All the world's memory experts, top champions, world record holders, they will all tell you they had an average or below average memory before they learned the techniques. So that's one. Two, connection, connection, connection. Too many people, when they learn something new, they treat it as something new. And they go, oh, this is completely new. I don't know anything about quantum mechanics. Teach me. Experienced learners and people who've been trained in our method immediately go, how's this related to what I already know? Why do they do that? Our brains work shockingly like Google's PageRank algorithm, the algorithm that made Google the search engine we all use. They look at a new piece of information and they go, what is it connected to? How many connections are there? And how valuable or important are those connections? Anyone who does SEO will tell you more backlinks is better. And if you get backlinks from really big and important websites like Stanford's blog or the Huffington Post, that's going to be better. So when you learn something, instead of going, and again, this is just a mindset trick, instead of going, oh my gosh, I don't know any words in Norwegian, I'm not going to remember this, immediately go, okay, that sounds like this. How do I connect that to other things that I know? And ideally, you connect it to things that are deeply held and you connect it to things that are numerous, right? Oh, that sounds kind of like this, but also like this. And then one time I heard this fact. So just creating those connections. And from there, we get into the power tools. Everything you want to remember, you need to visualize. Now, someone in your audience will go, but what if I'm an auditory learner? Let me tell you a secret. You're not. We are all visual learners. We all have a photographic memory. This has been proven time and time again by neuroscientists. We are just trained auditorily. We sit in classrooms. We listen to podcasts. We listen to audiobooks. So we adapt. The human brain is the most adaptable and most complex object in the known universe. It will do whatever you train it to do. There have been people who have had 
steel rods go through their brain, takes them a year or two, and pretty much all the functions come back. Other parts adapt. Your brain will adapt and your body, for that matter, will adapt to whatever you train it to do. And if you train it to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos, it'll be really, really good at that. It'll even give you reminders that you want those Cheetos. So training your visual memory, I like to say that it's, it's like switching your car from old diesel smoke coming out the back to new electric instant power. The human brain can recognize an image in 13 milliseconds. That's 0.013 seconds. We can recall an image in fractions of a second as well. So creating novel pictures for everything that you want to remember, and, and we can go into examples if you want, Matthew. And then at the highest, highest levels, what people are doing is putting them into memory palaces. These are imagined or real locations where you store these symbols. And essentially what you're doing is, is you're creating a, a notebook or a, an index of your memories so that you can find them. I had a student come to me and complain. And he said, I got 100% on the tests before I was getting an average of 56% on my tests. And the teacher called me in and accused me of cheating. And she said, there's no way you weren't cheating on this exam. There's no way that you didn't have notes. And I go, Diego, you were cheating and you did have notes. The difference is this kind of cheating is allowed. You had notes in here. And he was just reading it off. It's, it was just a list in his mind of physical locations. And when you do this, you, you can, it, it's, it, it seems superhuman, right? When you see someone memorize a deck of cards in the standing record right now is uh, under 12 seconds. But let's say your average person can learn to do it in a few minutes. It seems superhuman when someone memorizes 250 names or uh, one thing I like to do for audiences is have people call out numbers and then I memorize 50 digits backwards and forwards. You just think, that must be superhuman. There's no way I could ever do that. And you're right. There's no way you could ever do it the way you're memorizing. But the way that I'm memorizing it, it's literally as simple as you just telling me, where's the furniture in your house? You know where the bed is in your house. You know, you probably know what color sheets are on your bed. You didn't ever pay attention to it, but someone changed the sheets. Maybe it was you, your wife, your housekeeper. You know what color sheets are on the bed right now, and you know where the shampoo bottles are in the shower. So, your brain does all this automatically. It remembers locations. It remembers spaces. It's a survival instinct. All we're doing is just harnessing that. Oh, let's take a notes, man. That's amazing. You know, when you're talking about that, I, re I recall when I left uh, high school, I started reading a lot more around uh, consciousness and learning. And then I read a book called Teach Yourself to Think. And then I started to read memory books. And it talked about the importance of like a correlation, having something outside and, and referencing it totally. to exactly what you're saying. So it's amazing to hear this. And immediately it makes me inspired because you talk about like superhuman, but it's, it's really advanced learning. It's knowing a better technique. It's, it's a better way to memorize information, to recall information and to learn totally. faster. And that is the number fun. one skill that we could have. Yeah. And it's fun. And that's one of the requirements for adults. We're not going to learn something if we're not involved and having a good time. We can't suffer through learning. Right. And doing this is fun. It's fun to imagine pictures. It's fun to scroll down memory lane, which by the way, that, saying is believed to be linked to this technique because this technique was actually discovered 2,500 years ago. There, there's a lot of new innovation into how to use it, 
but the ancient Greeks used this. So uh, it, it's powerful and it disappeared from our collective consciousness, unfortunately, you know, in the middle ages. Yeah. Well, there's so many questions that I want to ask you. Um, and, and this is what I really love is, is when I talk to somebody and they have tools and techniques that work. And I know that you have a lot of stories, but I wanted to ask you immediately, uh, you talked a little bit about memory, but do you have like a top five or top 10 like techniques around learning or just hacks? Like you are like a mental brain memory hack type of person. Yeah. Just list off like some of your favorites right now, quick and easy. So someone can then explore because to. you have yeah, so I would love many to. on your, on your website too, that people can dive deep into but I, w- I want to know them too and I'm just so curious because yeah, the yeah. content you produce by all means amazing thank you so much Matthew I really appreciate that it means a lot to me so there's a lot of strategies on how to learn better and varying levels of research on them I'm going to tell you the ones that are very very proven then I'm going to tell you a couple that haven't been researched yet very very proven quizzing believe it or not if done right self-quizzing or testing actually improves your comprehension. Unfortunately, the way we do it in schools, here's one test and then we'll never test you again on this stuff, so go ahead and forget it. Not ideal, but self-testing. Now, I know most people listening are not gonna go out and say, let me make myself quizzes. Like once we leave school, why the hell would I wanna be quizzed or tested? So I've really changed that and I've adapted it and I've come up, I, I call them challenges. How can I challenge myself with the things that I'm learning? Because we all know someone or we are someone who has studied Spanish for six months and then a year and then, well, when I'm ready, I'll go out and practice it. Why not create a challenge? Why not every week have a quiz? And that quiz is, I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm only going to speak Spanish this week. And then next week, I'm going to write an essay or a blog post, or I'm going to pick up a pen pal and I'm going to write to them in Spanish. So creating these real world tests that are fun and actually accomplish things, uh, you know, maybe this week's test is I'm going to watch the movie that I want to watch in Spanish. And if I don't get it, I don't get it and I'll watch it again, you know, but creating these real world tests. And because this does so many different things, it applies what we're learning, which is paramount if you want to actually learn. And uh, it creates pressing need, right? Pressing need and immediate applicability are two of the things that have been identified for decades as requirements for adults to learn. Um, so that's one. Uh, another one is teaching others. I think this is, it's kind of a corollary of quizzing. When you're teaching someone else, you're really being tested because they will test your knowledge and they don't know they're doing it. They're doing it for you for free, but they'll go, wait, I don't understand. Can you explain this part better? Or that, that part that you said about this, would that also apply if I did this? Now that's a perfect quiz because the best quizzes and tests are not just fill in the blank. Fill in the blank only tests ability to recognize. It doesn't test the ability to think creatively or analyze or come up with new ideas. And when you teach someone else, that's exactly what happens. I was teaching someone about blockchain, which I got super interested in about a year and a half ago, and I devoured everything I could find, which you can imagine is a lot. And you can imagine it at the pace at which I read and remember information, I went through a lot. And I was like giving lectures on this, right? And then someone stops and he goes, wait, but how exactly do they calculate that string that hash where like i understand that it's a random hash but what is the algorithm for making that hash random and i was like i never in a million years thought about that and it was so deep down niche into like what is encryption and how does encryption actually work 
But let me tell you, I, I didn't know the answer and I had to go and learn it. So that's another one. And the third one I want to share, Matthew, is, is something I call brute force learning. I actually learned this from Matan Griffel um, in a totally different context. Brute force learning is this idea of learning from many different angles and many different sources. I think too many people, they take a Spanish class, that's it. They're in that Spanish class. But there's so much value to also listening to podcasts in Spanish, watching movies in Spanish, picking up a book in Spanish, going and speaking Spanish. You should try to learn things from as many different angles as you can. And one of the problems with the way we're taught to learn in schools is like, this is the textbook, this is the lecture, that's what you're going to do. I think teachers today, the best teachers are saying, you know what? You guys have the internet. Read this passage in the textbook so we're all on the same page. But then I want you to go out and find some interesting TED Talks or read some interesting blogs about this and learn from different angles. What that's going to do is it's going to make your learning more holistic. It's going to make your learning more fun. It's going to make sure that you're getting in spaced repetition and reviewing things so you're learning them more than once. And it's going to make you confident that if I don't get it the first time, it's okay because I'm probably going to learn this three more times from three more sources. Awesome, man. Yeah, my brain is, uh, is activating because I love tips that work. And all of those I have either heard, experienced, um, or use. And sometimes too, like we'll know a technique, but we don't apply it. And one of my favorite ones is, uh, you know, writing it down. You know, when I'm learning something, I'm always taking notes, write it down. That integrates yeah. uh, really well. Also, if you can repeat it within 24, or 48 hours, it's another one that's really go. good. Um, and then as I'm saying this, I kind of already said it, but applying the information. If you're just looking at it and you're yes. not engaged, you know, applying the information within a short time and actually using the technique, I think, well, it's, it's so kind of different, but I'm reminded of the Bruce Lee quote where he says, I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I know that I fear the man who knows one kick practiced 10,000 times. And I feel like, yeah. you know, once we learn something, we got to go apply because once we get that feedback, then we're going, you know, so many people That's have asked exactly. me about podcasts. And when I do coaching with people, they're just like, they have all these things like the client I was coaching today. Um, she wants to start a podcast and she has this idea for a program and it's excellent. She, she came out with this idea really quick. You know, she didn't know what she wanted to do. She's like, I want to be inspired about what I do and how I contribute within like a week. Just asking simple questions. She, she has this brilliant idea. I'm like, that's amazing. Like awesome. that's really awesome. And then the next week is all this stuff that like, doesn't matter as much, you know, like it's like these, I was like, you're going to figure that out. You need to focus on this part of like what you're good at. And none of these things are like real problems. And so when you start to like take the action on what you learn, you get the feedback so quick and you learn it okay. so quick. And so I think we get afraid to like apply. We get afraid to use the information that we have. So what I want to ask is, um, feel free to comment on what I just said. Do you want to say something? I just well, said. You're absolutely right. And we get into the cycle of, I need to learn more before I can apply. I need to, I'm not ready. Yes. I'm not ready. But what we don't realize is this is a self-regulating mechanism. Um, and when you apply, it gives you feedback exactly as you said of what, where you need to focus. This is particularly true of language learning. You mm. know, I, could, I can, and I have memorized hundreds of words in a day, but then I get out there and I go, Whoa, I didn't memorize the right words. And I tell the whole story in my latest book, The Only Skill That Matters, of like how even after I was considered a memory expert, I went about learning Russian completely wrong. And to this day, I still speak Russian very poorly compared to where I could. And part of it was I had this trip planned, you know, 
a month or two later, I was like, I'm just going to memorize as much vocabulary. I'll figure out the grammar. Big mistake when you're learning a language as complicated as Russian, you know? So, uh, and I was memorizing the wrong words. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and you, you said it a little bit more clearly in the sense that I think that the big issue is that we feel like, and me specifically, is like, I need to do another course. I have done so many personal development courses, spirituality, right. everything, read hundreds of books, podcasts, everything. And I'm just like, I don't know what I know. And like, am I ready to teach or, you know what I mean? It's just like, you always feel like it's the next thing that's going to give you the credibility to know something totally. when really it's the real world experience and just what you're sharing, just share with where you are now, but then you're really going to integrate the knowledge. And that's such a, a key fundamental step yeah information doesn't create transformation unless mm. you apply it yeah yeah so i got another million questions do you want to talk about your book or uh some of your courses or what do you what do you feel like you want to talk about because when i look at your website i'm like man i could ask you like a zillion questions well yeah i'd, lo I'd love to tell you more about the book uh-oh uh-oh Frozen? Is this gonna is he gonna come back in? It's probably just me. Okay. Hold on, everybody. If you're watching this on Facebook, uh, you should be able to pop back into the same link. Good. Oh, there we go. All Good. Right, there we go. I was just talking to myself. <laughs> okay, no yes. No worries. Talk about your, uh, your book, the inspiration for it and, and what and what yeah. people learn. So anyone who who writes a book will tell you, you don't write books to get rich. <laughs> you write books to have a lasting impact. And, you know, people pay hundreds of dollars to learn the methods from our courses. But um, we wanted something that was going to be super affordable to get in people's hands, no matter who they are, where they are, what country they're living in. Um, my last book was okay, but it was really a course in book format. And I learned so much. I, I hired Tucker Max and his team to help me with this book because as much as I know about creating online courses and the way people learn and, you know, we produce courses for some of the world's top thought linker, thinkers, top thought leaders, top thought linkers. And uh, Tucker does the same for books. So as much as I know about creating courses, he knows about books. And he totally blew my mind on, on what a book is and how it's written and how you write a phenomenal book. Um, and so this is meant to be really an entry-level way for people to engage with this, these techniques and learn as much as I can possibly fit into 35,000 words. Uh, you can read it in an afternoon, which was a goal of mine. I think it took me, when I was reading it aloud for the edit, it took me maybe four and a half or five hours to read aloud. So you can get through it in an afternoon. And you'll learn the vast majority of the techniques but you'll learn them with stories peppered in. You'll learn them with um, examples and ideas and humor and emotion. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, I think, a really fun way to learn. And then, of course, you can always check out our courses. We actually recently launched an uh, all-access membership, which is only $49 a month because, again, we want people to get access to these courses, and, and our courses individually are quite expensive. Uh, and people are welcome, absolutely welcome to take a free seven-day trial of that program. And we have a five-day memory mastery course, which is included in that trial. So you can take that for five days. It will blow your mind what you will achieve within those five days. And if you don't love it, you can always cancel and we won't charge you a penny. So that's kind of cool. Awesome, man. And so 
Well, man, my mind again, like just looking at all your content and I think we only have 10 minutes left. I don't know if you got a, a update on your podcast, but what I want to make sure, what I want to make sure that I ask is like, mm-hmm. what would you, want me to hold on? Got someone there? No, no, I'm with you. I got <laughs> two here. I'm, I'm like in uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, it looks like you're in like some sort of uh, super tech K. It looks, it looks like a righteous setup. Um, what I want to ask is like your view on someone, let's just say they're, they're learning this or they're listening to us and they want to increase their memory, uh, brain power. You know, they're so, it's so common now to talk about hacks, biohacking, this and that. And I think that accelerated learning, learning is massive. Um, but really people want to get down to being able to create a life that they don't have to escape from. That's the best way that I can put it. And so what would be your way to summarize all these hacks and these amazing things you've learned to like embody a little bit of self-love because I don't know why people are so terrible to themselves. You know, you're talking a little bit about like, I call it the teleprompter of your mind and, and you know, what you're saying to yourself, the conversation Mark England puts it so well. He says, I want to improve the conversation, uh, about myself, like, like in my mind, like I want to improve that conversation about myself in my own mind. And I'm saying it wrong. He says it better than that. I I thought I had it, but it's a lot. It's that idea. So your thoughts on creating an empowering internal dialogue and then manifesting in the world, a reality that you enjoy. Oh, That's I a really clear question. <laughs> it took me a while I, to get to. I really love what you said, Matthew, because I used to think, so obviously I, for many years of my life, very much did not like myself. In fact, I used to scribble on my arm, I hate me, as if I would forget. I mean, I, and I was suicidal for, for a number of years. Fortunately, I never went through with it. Um, so I've spent a lot of time thinking about my relationship with myself. And I had two stages of getting out of that. One was achieve, accomplish, you know, build up my ego so that I would be more, you know, satisfied with who I am. And and that worked for a time and it got me out of that place to be able to look back and say, well, I I must be worth something because I've done all this. Uh, And then I went through this this period and I discovered, you know, Eckhart Tolle and, and a lot of spiritual thinkers and, and came across this idea of acceptance and self-love. And so I had to kind of balance these two ideas because how can you want to improve yourself, which is a fundamental core tenet of who I am and what I believe. I believe that if you aren't a little bit better going to bed than you were waking up, then you wasted the day. And better can be you're that much closer with your husband or wife because you shared a special moment. It doesn't have to be I'm actually smarter or fitter, but I feel like we should be better every single day. And I'm sure people have seen that, you know, 1.01 to the power of 365 is 16, but 0.99 to the power of 365 is like minus something. I don't know exactly. It's it's a very small number, right? So just 1% better every day or a fraction of a percent better every day. So I had to balance this and what I realized ultimately after many years is, is a couple different things. One, slow and steady. Be kind to yourself. This like, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and then I'm going to only eat you know, this kind of food and then I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week and I'm going to beat myself into submission until I am who I want to be. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like Kaizen works. Tomorrow I'll wake up at seven. 
day after wake up at 6.45. A week later, push it to 6.30. And slowly, you know, these things become self-fulfilling, reinforcing habits. Um, but in addition, you work much better from a place of happiness, right? Is like, you're just, you're just going to show up better in the world. And I, I've had to learn to be self-compassionate. Like, I'm not perfect. I like to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I feel better when I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I have a YouTube video about why I started waking up at 5.30 in the morning. To tell you that I've woken up every single day this week at 5.30 in the morning, I have not. I, I skipped a day. I slept till 10. It all just fell apart. We're all human, right? And have compassion for yourself and the human condition. Um, and and there, there was another piece that I wanted to comment on. Um, which is this kind of like, I, 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 I struggle with some of the things that I see out there, right? Like, um, and I, I'm sure someone is going to be really angry at this, but there's this whole movement of loving the skin you're in, which I think is phenomenal, right? Like, doesn't matter what your body type is, love yourself, super cool. There is a difference between, like, to me, loving yourself is honoring your body as a temple and wanting to improve it. So I love this message of love your body, love who you are, accept yourself, accept the way you are, but it shouldn't stop at acceptance. It should be accept yourself the way you are and figure out a way to improve. And, and I have a problem where people use that as a justification for things that are unhealthy, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Oh, I just have an addictive personality. I'll never give up smoking. I accept that about myself. Like, no, don't. Like, oh, I just, you know, I just love food too much and I'm, I'm always going to be 100 pounds overweight. And I've accepted that because I love myself the way I am. Like, to me, if you really, really loved yourself, you would accept and you would work towards improving. Those are not mutually exclusive. So that that's my little rant on it. Yeah, man, I, I absolutely I absolutely agree. And it's such wonderful uh, concepts, man. Being kind to yourself and and it there there can be challenging. And I think that you phrased it in a way that's understandable and something that I try to relate as well. Like I just started to do some fitness videos because people were asking me. Cool. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of martial arts in my life. I've trained, I've done lots of weird things. And so people are like, how do you train? And it's usually random. So anyway, I tried to record a few. And as I did, I've messed up. Someone's like, I think I've released five and I mess up on each one. I was like, you know, when I'm working, it's not perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be right. easy on myself. I'm going to show up. You know, someone's like, you missed the second set of pushups. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, that's a rest set. I was like, you know, don't worry about, don't worry about the second, you don't need pushups on the second set. So, you know, the idea of just like showing up and, and growing, right. I want to grow and I want to show up. And as I do it, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think what you're sharing in this point here is sometimes we can get some feedback about things. Yes, we should love ourselves. And we're always growing. Like a tree is always growing until it's dying. You know what I mean? Like totally. we need to grow. And so accept where you are in the process, but also where would you prefer to go? And what kind of story are you, you telling yourself so yeah. people can hear these ideas and then interpret it in a way that is not as empowering? And what you're yeah. offering is like, you know, this, this is the way that it might be a more empowering interpretation. And if you're interpreting yeah. it this way, you might be kind of using that as a scapegoat to, um, Totally. Use the, run the same pattern. 
Totally. And I will share something that I learned from my buddy, Benjamin Hardy, which might sound contradictory, but I'm going to explain it. He shares, and he's a psychologist, uh, he shares that 100% is easier than 90%. And I find that to be true. Like, I, I gave up alcohol four years ago. I've had one accidental sip of alcohol that I thought was kombucha and one at my wedding because I had to on stage and I actually thought it was going to not be alcohol, but it turned out to be alcohol. They tricked me. Anyway, um, for in that case, 100% is easier than 98%, right? 98% like, oh, I'll only drink on special occasions. That's hard. That's willpower. It makes that really difficult. So what I'm saying with that though is, is don't beat yourself into submission. And I'm, I'm not saying go to the gym seven days a week. It's easier than going six days a week. But what I'm saying is, you make these decisions. Oh, you just went silent. Your mic. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you, okay. there you go. I was going to say that, you know, a hundred percent is easier than 98%. So pick things in this kind of Kaizen approach that you're going to be able to do a hundred percent of the time. For example, it's really hard to cut carbs. I can tell you cause I do it. Don't say I'm going all in, Balls to the wall. I'm never eating another slice of bread again. Go easy. Find something that you can do 100%. I'm not going to eat any carbohydrates at breakfast because it'll be easier for you to do that 100% than 98% of the time. Sometimes once in a while, if I go to a special place and they have really good pastries, then. So my thing is like, when I'm at home, I don't eat carbohydrates. That's a 100% rule. When I'm at a special event, I do a cheat meal. That's a 100% rule. 100% of the time you catch me at a wedding, I am going to town on that wedding cake. Because it's easy. It's 100%, right? It's super easy. And that's a decision I've already made. But if you know we order takeaway, and despite me writing no bread on the order, they bring me bread, it goes straight in the trash. 100% is easier than 98%. Hmm. Interesting. What it reminds me of is like a commitment consistency principle and just being consistent with something. And with that consistency, you can build on it. So, you know, like, let's say you're doing the, let's use a fitness example. It'd just be like a walk. You know, you don't have to go crazy at the gym seven days a week. You can do a walk, do a walk around the block and you're going to commit to that. Or you commit to like 10 pushups, just something super small that you commit a hundred percent to, and then you can build on that. And so right now with, uh, one of the, the kids I'm training, it's awesome because I got my, well, he's not my youngest, but I, I really like working with uh, teenagers because I, I wish I learned it. And so what I'm getting him oh, to do, okay. he's like, oh, I want to run. And I was like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. So I'm making him run every single day, but on his rest days, I'm just going to make him run less. That's it. So every day you're running. You know what I mean? And like, exactly. rather than a break day, you know, so I'm going to, I ramp it up. It's one and a half, then it's going to be three. And he doesn't know this yet. So hopefully he's not listening. Um, but uh, I, then I'm going to make it really challenging. And then on the rest day, it's not going to be not run. You're going to run a little bit. You're going to go back to that base. And that base will be so easy. And then after you've done that, you like in a short time, you're astounded at what you're capable of. 100%, man. 100% is easier than 98%. But what I love about what you said is choose a realistic 100%. If you said, hmm. look, I need you running 10 miles every day, like that's not going to happen. So it's, it's kind of like BJ Fogg's tiny habits. Like just do a push up every day because 100% is easy. Jerry Seinfeld also said a similar thing. I have to write every day. I don't care if I write one word. And this is, this is also what uh, Tucker coached me on. Like, you need to set, and for me, I can't write every day because I do a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But it's like, 
every single Sunday and Wednesday, I will write. It might be a sentence, but I will write. That is a hundred percent rule. And I've made that easy enough, you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna say 100%, but I keep using that same word. Man, like I appreciate you and your work. I want to honor your time. I don't know if you've got to run, but I want to ask I'm you. Good. You're good? I'm good for another few minutes. I mean, it's it's uh, it's Tubav in Israel, which is like Valentine's Day. Oh, very nice. I'm, I'm not in trouble because my wife and I both forgot. But uh, <laughs> happy to hang out for a few more minutes. And oh. uh, yeah, my, my next podcast interview will not be happening, fortunately, so. Oh, cool. Well, first of all, too, I want to say congratulations. You got married about four months ago. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing. It was a hell of a party, man. Oh, good. <laughs> um, okay. So now that I got a little bit more of your time, one of the other questions I wanted to ask is, okay, so we're talking about super learning and hacks and things like that. What for you is like a, like some of your, your best daily training or habits that you found yield the best results on just things that you, you try to prioritize on it? Because it, yeah. some people say the 5 a.m. rule. Some people say gratitude journal. Some people. So I'm sure you've I got a lot. dove all those. So what are some of your favorites? I'm a prolific hacker. I'm less, now that I, like I, I've gotten to know Dave Asprey more, I'm like, okay, I'm actually like, entry league compared to the stuff he's doing. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm a hardcore biohacker by any stretch, but uh, I'll walk you through a little bit of my day. So um, try to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Try to meditate every morning. It doesn't happen every morning. I also try to meditate every day at 4.30 again. Most days I don't make that second meditation. Um, after my meditation, I do two things. I do Wim Hof method breathing, charge my body, alkalinize, get all the oxygen flowing. Uh, and while I do that, because I kind of hate doing it, I hate like the lightheaded feeling, uh, I distract myself by journaling. And you can actually see in my journal, in the beginning, I might start out, yesterday was not good. I didn't do this well. I didn't. And by the end, I'm like, feeling great. It's going to be an awesome day. I'm going to crush it. Like the Wim Hof method works. And in the middle of that journaling exercise, I'm doing a couple different things, which Ben Hardy did an amazing challenge for my, my membership group uh, where he walked us through like all the benefits of psychology. And it was this whole challenge about eliminating willpower. And he taught us about journaling and how he journals from a psychology perspective. So I do two different things, three actually. I document what's going on in my life from day to day. Super valuable to be able to go back. Uh, especially because recently I went through uh, a period of about two weeks where I was just depressed. And I was like, you know, I was really happy back in April. Let me just flip back and see what I was doing in April. Well, it turns out in April, I was waking up at 530 in the morning. I was doing Wim Hof method. I was exercising. I was, so I just went back to doing what I was doing in April and my depression was gone, which is awesome. Uh, and then I journal a little bit about my dreams to try and remember them so I can lucid dream. And I gratitude journal. I try to write down 20 things. And recently, one of my podcast guests, Marco Tessi, gave me a really nice one that I like. I write, what's one thing minimum that I learned yesterday? Which is just a valuable thing. It's really nice to be able to flip back and remember what I learned, like remind myself. Uh, I then go to the gym three to four days a week. I do CrossFit, which is really intense. So I take a lot of rest days in between because I'm becoming an old man, slowly but surely. I then go to work. 
I will choose my stimulant of choice, whether that's mushroom coffee or modafinil or Ritalin or depends on what kind of work I want to do. Some days I don't take anything uh, if I want to be as creative as possible. Some days I take paracetam. Um, I've got all different kinds of supplements. Uh, I, my recent favorite biohack, we did an essential oils challenge in my mastermind. So I have this around and I always have some kind of essential oil in here. This is Motivate and I will just diffuse some kind of essential oil uh, to get me in the right mindset and kind of influence my physiology. Uh, I work sometimes at a standing desk. Uh, when I'm recording, I'm always standing, whether it's audio, video, doesn't matter. Try to stand up every few hours, or sorry, every hour, and walk every few hours. Um, I get home. Uh, all my devices start to dim, including the lights in the house. They dim and they turn yellow. Put on my orange glasses. If I've gotten enough sunlight for the day at around eight, watch a very minimal amount of TV. I try to read more than I watch TV. And then I'm in bed either at nine, 10, or 11, depending on how strict I've been with the wake up reading. Um, sometimes I'll do melatonin to get to bed, sometimes valerian root if I haven't been sleeping particularly well. And then I'm diffusing lilac lately, which helps us sleep, my wife and I, really, really well. Um, and yeah, no screens, no electronics in the bedroom whatsoever. Pitch black, cold, soundproof. I mean, we, we have a sleeping dungeon more than a bedroom. And that's the, the ultimate performance hack is getting good sleep. Mm. Wow. Holy crap. Well, you, you definitely shared a lot there and I know that you've gone through so many principles. So it's, it's nice to know the ones that you actually integrate. And I think a lot of what you right. shared, well, most, all of what you shared is, is really important. Like, uh, um, the journaling in the morning and like the quality of your journaling. And then also to look back and say, Hey, you know, if I'm feeling crappy, you can look back a few months later, uh, in yeah. or a few months before and say, Oh, these are the things that I was actually, uh, doing. And so tracking so progress important. is really important. Every great mind, every great entrepreneur, every great athlete, they track their progress. You have to write it right. down. And it also helps you learn, integrate the information, and then adapt. And in your mind, you'll think it's so much more clear than what it is. And then you write it down. And you're like, oh, okay, it's not as clear as I thought. So just journaling itself totally. is super important. And you're building that muscle. You know, the, the, like these principles okay. that you're sharing, anybody can do. Anybody can do these things. You just got to start by maybe choosing one, maybe choosing two, um, but begin to apply it consistently to see the kind of results exactly. you're getting. So yeah. Build on what you, what you implement. Then you get into bigger, more long-term, more strategic. I mean, now I, I'm working with a business coach. And so my team and I set goals on a weekly basis. We commit to one another. So I have weekly goals. Uh, I'm setting my goals on a half annual basis and I'm setting my vision on a five, 10, and 25 year basis. That's like a super advanced technique. Like very few people plan 25 years ahead. Build up to it, you know? Start by setting daily goals. Take out a piece of paper, write down three things you want to accomplish that day. And that'll keep you out of this loop of just take, doing whatever comes in. Because what happens is we answer our emails and then we just, you know, more emails come in and we just do emails or Slack messages or whatever it is all day and be reactive and answer text messages instead of thinking, what are the things that are going to move me forward? What are the things that I want to achieve today? 
Yeah, that's a really important one too. I can't remember where it came from, but it's the, the principle of just doing the most important task first to move the needle right. towards your most, right. uh, like it not empowering, but your most inspired goal. What do you want to do most? Make Focus sure you- Focus on rocks first. Yeah, yeah. And you got to do those yeah. things because what happens is we do everything around it all day. And then all of a sudden, I have done this multiple times, but weeks and months and years will go by and you haven't done anything. It's incredible how the mind works and right. how you can just distract yourself. So it's like, this is the most important thing. You do that first and then move on to the other tasks. So it's so yeah, important. Never confuse being busy with being productive. They're not the same thing. Yeah, 100%. And you know, as you're sharing, what it really just makes me think about is the framework, you know, what you're sharing and you've come from a background, as you said, of like, you know, ADHD and like having to struggle and whatever the case that is, right. And like, Oh, you know, I can't do this and I'm not smart or whatever your mind was telling you as right. you operated and you've able, you've been able to accomplish so much. And so many people who accomplish great things were using the same framework. Um, and it doesn't have totally. to be the exact, you could do it your own way. You could do it without knowing these things. And if you have a framework, it helps so much, but the framework is not that complicated. You just need to start doing it, you know? And like, right. like people think that discovering their life purpose and passion, like I want to know what inspires me and I have no idea my direction. I was like, I can help you with that in like a week or less. And all I, I'm not doing it. I am getting you to answer questions that I've answered, that other people have answered, that are high quality questions that you have not taken yeah. the time to answer. And it's like, yo, just and also, me, give me back and boom. Yeah. Clarity happens. I love that. Yeah. And also a mentor of mine taught me, I used to call it every, any door you open is, is better than not opening doors, but she gave me a better way to explain it. Motion in any direction creates motion in every direction. If you don't know which direction to move, just do something, try something. Best case, you'll be like, yes, this is the way I should have gone. Worst case, you'll be like, this is not for me. Close the door. Like, when you are stuck or when you are not sure what to do or you are scared, the only way out is to act. And, uh, and I've also, I've, I've realized that one of the best acts to bring us back to kind of the main topic, I came up with this, this, I had this revelation. I'll tell you the story. So I, um, I have a, a place in California that I bought many, many years ago and I have to sell it because I, it's just, it's no longer a good investment. And, and someone actually on my podcast, he was like, well, would you pay the price that it's worth? And blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. I have to sell it and I want to sell it and relever and do all this crazy stuff. And I want to buy a huge apartment complex. We're talking multiple, many millions of dollars, right? Dang. This was super, this was like choking me with anxiety, right? I had to go see a psychologist about this because I was like, <laughs> this is like more money than I've ever seen in my life. Like, what am I going to do? What if I lose my shirt? Like, I don't know what to do. And then I treated it like I treat every problem in my life now, including being single for nine years and not being able to find love. I just learn. I figure out how to, what are the people that are successful doing and how do I learn what they know? Because if I know what they know, then I will do what they do. If I do what they do, I will have the results that they have. This is why my book is called The Only Skill That Matters. So I just learned. I had all this anxiety. I went on, I like bought a premium membership on this website, Bigger Pockets, and I just devoured. I mean, I like sponged. I read books. I listened to webinars. I got on podcasts and just, and two weeks later, I caught myself on the phone, like sitting back in my chair and I'm like, 
Yeah, well, if we go to 5 million, then I feel like the LTV of 80% is going to be crucial because otherwise it's just not going to have the kind of cap rate. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> and I was so confident and I was so um, grounded and ready and prepared to do this. And I came up with this quote, which I really love. The difference between anxiety and excitement is knowledge. Hmm. Period. Right? When you are anxious about something, it's because you don't have the knowledge of what it is or how to tackle it or how to overcome it. But as soon as you have that knowledge, I'll give you an example. Have you ever seen a paramedic? They pull up to a scene, someone's bleeding from the head. Are they anxious? No. <laughs> they know exactly what to do in that situation. It's knowledge, right? And even someone, if you've seen someone who's CPR trained, they don't have the experience. They're not jaded. But the first time, they don't go into shock. They're not anxious. Oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? They're like, okay, I know how to do this. All I need to do is, is pump like that, you know, that knowledge is what moves them from anxiety to excitement. Oh, wow, I can save this guy's life. Let's do this. So, yeah, That's I thought, a, I thought that was kind of a cool, cool takeaway. Yeah, dude, all of that was pure gold. I'm so <laughs> glad you have to go. That, that was incredibly empowering. And I love that quote. The difference between anxiety and excitement is knowledge. I'll relate it as a extreme sports athlete. You know, a lot of the athletes that I, that I train or if I'm coaching or if it's high performance, it's risky, right? With risk right. and fear, you're like, oh my God, you know? And so I always love the backflip example because the backflip is king. Everybody on a snowboard wants to do a backflip. If you're BMXing, you're probably backflip. Everything's backflip, right? You got to go upside right. down and you could fall on your head. That's terrifying. Now- Scary as hell. If I take a kid and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll teach you. I could teach anyone in the world probably in a week, you, you know, granted some physical ability, uh, how to do a backflip on a snowboard. And we just- Seriously? Yeah, man. Yeah. If you want to learn, we'll do it this, we'll do it. We'll do a test. This, if hopefully you've never snowboarded, we'll do a physical test ideally this year. It's um, a learning test. I have snowboarded. Yeah. I love to snowboard, but I've never done a backflip anywhere on anything. I'm terrified. Right. I really, if you haven't noticed from the rest of our podcast interview, I really like my brain. I guess I'm a big fan. Yeah. Well, we'll give you a big helmet and, and make you super confident. And, but the idea is that, you know, with the knowledge of, of doing it. So like you start on a trampoline and you roll, then once you got a trampoline with a spotter, it's, it's education, right? And, and safety. So right. you do knowledge. that first, it's the knowledge. So you have a spotter, they spot you correctly. You've just done a backflip. Now it's like, okay, stand here, do 100 backflips on the trampoline. Then we got on the snow and we figure out a place to do it safely with the lowest risk. And then you go try. And then once you have that, so, you know, you know, my first backflip, I was absolutely terrified. I didn't want to land on my head. I ended up doing one and a half backflips. I almost did two. I spun it so fast. And then I was like, oh my God. And I was still terrified. And always, usually the first one of the year, I'm a little bit terrified. But, you know, middle of the year, I'm doing backflip off a 70 foot jump confidently because now I've got the knowledge, I've got the practice, I've got the skill, and I understand what's going on. But it's that, it's like the commitment moment. You know, whatever it is, it's that, that commitment it. when you're going up the jump, you're like, even in the drop-in, that's where you need to be committed. And what you're applying or what you're sharing, that principle can be applied with anything, whether it's business, learning something, uh, buying your apartment building, becoming an entrepreneur, uh, you know what I mean? Finding a mate. It's like you're afraid of failure. You're afraid of falling on your head in the backflip 
so to speak. You're afraid of not finding love. You're afraid of having the business fail. But as you learn and grow and practice and find structures, and you also uh, mentioned a few times mentors. I've always had a mentor. I've always had a coach. And totally. The, probably for me, the most brilliant thing that you've said among a lot of brilliant things, a principle that I've applied my whole life is find the best at it and go train with them. I wanted to be the best snowboarder possible. I went to Whistler. I snowboarded with the best snowboarders. I trained how they trained. I wanted to be the best martial artist I could. I trained with professional MMA fighters. I trained with Shaolin monks. Uh, you know, I wanted to know about the human capabilities of how to do superhuman things. Well, I'm hanging out with a monk, or a Shaolin monk that can break stone with his fingers. How the heck? You know, and so when you immerse yourself in those, in those learnings and those experiences, you begin to have a framework, it becomes demystified, and then you can start to then put in uh, work and effort that is uh, meaningful. So like another example I give, and I'm going to stop yammering, is like if you're training for a triathlon, doing squats every day might not be the best idea. Once you do the squat, that motion principle you spoke about, you're putting motion, you're going to realize that's not the best idea, but you've done something. And now you're going to find that right current. And I'm going to stop talking. You want to jump in on any of that? No, I love it. I love everything <laughs> you're saying. Cool, man. Oh, good. Well, my friend, it's been an honor to chat with you. I am so grateful for uh, the work, the work you're doing for for all the commitment, the effort. Uh, you're 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 producing an absolute ton of content, really high value, empowering stuff. And I 100% agree. If we can increase the uh, ability to learn and also inspire people to learn, for some reason people stop learning. Like they still have to learn, but they're not excited about it. We're going to learn forever. Yeah. And if we can increase our ability to learn, to understand information, to not be afraid of learning new things, that's the most empowering skill that you can have. And you're doing that. You're empowering people with that. And, uh, you know, you it, might, yeah, you might want to learn how to build a, a, a chair. Like I ha I'm now in a home and I'm like, I don't know how to fix anything, but now if I make it, if I change my perspective on that, get more excited about learning these different things. Now I'm out there doing things. And every time I do it, I learn it. And it is much more empowering perspective. So is there anything that you wish that I had asked or that you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah. I mean, I would just, uh, I'd like to leave the listeners with this. I was, a 13 year old kid who literally liked nothing about himself. And I learned how to be the kind of person that I want to be romantically, professionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically. Tony Robbins has this quote, you know, Tony Robbins doesn't, didn't exist. I built this mother effer and I feel <laughs> the exact same way. If you can learn anything, then you can become anything, whatever it is you want to do. If, if you're, right now scrubbing toilets and you want to learn to be a programmer that's a learning thing you want to you know earn that 100k a year salary that every programmer seems to get now that's a learning thing if you are not in a relationship and you want to understand how to get into a healthy relationship you can learn that if you're you're five foot two and you want to dunk i probably can't help you with that but besides that maybe matt can help you with that um, but besides that, just about everything else is a learning challenge. So you have this infinite capacity to become who and what you want to be. You just have to learn your way through it. That's awesome, man. I 100% agree. Extremely wise words and very, very true. And there is a guy, he's a five foot five dunker. 
And so if you are five foot two, you could probably dunk. Um, There are ways to have massive ups, which I've looked at um, and trained sometimes for skateboarding and things like that. Uh, But man, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for all you're doing. Huge congrats on the book and the podcast. I invite people to check out uh, Superhuman Academy. Is that what it is? Yeah, superhumanacademy.com. And if they want, uh, we'll send you links, but superhumanacademy.com slash squad. They can check out a free trial of the Superhuman Squad and take that five-day memory mastery course or superhumanacademy.com slash book to link them to the book and wherever books are sold. The only skill that matters. Amazing, dude. Well, definitely check out his book. And when you buy it on Amazon, leave him a review because they help a lot. And books are a huge pain in the butt. So please go out there, buy his book, and then take a moment to leave a review because it helps immensely. Uh, Thank you so much. for And check out your podcast too. It's fantastic. You have so many great guests. And what I like about it, among other things, is it's practical. Um, I like stories and things like that, but I also want useful information and you provide that. So uh, amazing work, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate that, Matthew. Thanks. Okay, take care. Thanks guys for watching. See you in the next one. Peace. All right, guys, that wraps up that amazing episode with Jonathan Levy. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please take screenshots, share on Instagram, tag me at Matt Belair, share on Facebook, leave a review, uh, support on Patreon. All of those things help immensely. But this episode was really great, full of lots of practical information. I invite you to check out Jonathan's podcast as well. It's fantastic there's so many amazing guests on there you can find it at the superhuman academy podcast and yours truly will be a guest on there shortly uh the episode should be released soon so we did a swap and uh it was great to dive deep and and learn more about him and everything that he's doing really awesome grounded expert and uh you know master at what he does and also humble so those are all the things that are that are good um that i enjoy in people so uh really really enjoyed diving deep on his podcast and it was really a pleasure to have him share on my as well he really is a wealth of knowledge so be sure to check that out coming soon um thank you guys for everyone who supported who shared who's left a review it really helps and means a lot uh thank you to my sponsor hello ned uh they are full spectrum cbd or full spectrum hemp they're fantastic they do business the right way check out our podcast and go to helloned.com and uh, use cbd power to get a 15 percent discount on your first order and uh yeah they're fully transparent check them out they're really doing business business the right way and proud to have them as a sponsor for the show so thank you guys for listening for those of you guys interested in coaching and speaking just hit me up matt at zenathlete.com and we will just um, wrap this up by coming to a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing dig in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy peace contentment inspiration and energy to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.